Have you noticed the amount of instability that's present in our contemporary society? It seems to me, and I'm sure you've noticed it as well, there seems to be unprecedented uncertainty in terms of confidence in our public institutions, of government, public health direction. Our public discourse seems to be poisoned, as it were, with vitriol and people going back and forth. And we now have people who fact check the fact checkers and human goodwill seems to be in short supply. In these uncertain times, in these times where things are shaking out and shaking up, we are reminded in our text today that the Bible absolutely has something to say about where we are predicted that in our time we would see these sorts of things and just like scripture always does it points us directly to a reality that's beyond the vicissitudes and changes of life around us and points us directly to a life that is confident in Christ he's our rock in time of trouble let's get into it welcome friend to Arlington from the the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, and we'll be reading a little bit lengthier today, uh, verses 22 through 28. So we'll be reading seven verses today. You are come unto Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Anytime in scripture you see Mount Zion represented, or Jerusalem represented, it represents the government of God. It represents the sovereignty of God and his work within the earth with his people. And the writer of Hebrews is telling us as Christians that we have come to that place and that there are angels that are surrounding us. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. If anybody asks you where you go to church or where you attend church or where you're a member, tell them I'm a member of the church of the firstborn. That's what the writer of Hebrews calls it. Which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect. These spirits of just people that are made perfect um, represent departed saints. And so there's this mental image of us as Christians. We're in the company of God, his angels, and we're in the company of people who have been victorious in the past. This is the second time in this chapter that the writer has made reference to those who have overcome being witness to our struggles in life to our triumphs and our tragedies. We've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. The theme of Hebrews is better things, and here we learn that Christ's blood is better than anyone who has ever lived. He says, See that you refuse not him that speaks, for if they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven. The one who spoke on earth at Sinai, or Mount Zion, was Abraham. And um, the writer of Hebrews is reminding these Jewish Christians that those who ignored the Mosaic law would not escape God's judgment. And he's saying to us as Christians, if we should obey what Moses said, by all means we should pay attention to what Christ is saying today. In verse 26 he said, whose voice 
Who is that? God's voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but heaven. And so there has been a shaking before. Uh, certainly when the law was given, Mount Sinai trembled under the power of God's voice. And he's saying here that God in Christ is going to shake the world in heaven again. He says, This word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that were made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I don't want you to get lost in the King James language, but I do want you to focus on verse 27, where the author of Hebrews says, there's a removing of those things that are shaken. Some things get taken away when everything starts shaking, but there's a remaining of those things that cannot be shaken. And today, I'd like to speak to you for a few moments on what can be shaken will be shaken. What can be shaken will be shaken. Lord, I ask you to minister to us today. I ask you, Lord, to have your way and to allow your presence to move among us. We pray that you would have the preeminence in all things, that as we gather today in spirit and in hearts, that you would have your way and you would have your purpose among us. We pray that you would bless every family that is represented here, and we pray that your word would pierce every heart that we may be perfect and entire, wanting wanting nothing. We've already mentioned today that the psalmist David said that God is our rock. And in time of trouble, God will keep us through any difficulty. And if we will stay in Christ, we can be assured that our victory will be sure, complete, and final. I want to repeat that for you today. If we stay in Christ... Scripture said that rock of the Old Testament was Christ. If we stay in him, our victory is sure, complete, and final. I have to admit to you today, if I'm being honest, that there are times when I don't, I'm not always emotionally confident that my victory is coming. But I can have spiritual confidence that if I am in Christ, I will be victorious. We're living in times that seem to present unprecedented uncertainty. There's a lot that's been shaken, especially in the realm of public confidence and belief. I just want to throw out a few things to you today, and I don't want to make this a lesson on contemporary culture, but I just want to ask you to think about a few things that have been shaken recently. Confidence in our government, to me, seems to be at a low of, of any time that I've been a concerned citizen. Um, it seems that um, when you turn on the, the, the television news or scroll through your phone and, and find news, there's controversy about even whether people are telling the truth about certain elements. And we talked about the pandemic and the effect that it's had on our families. Through this pandemic, we have seen public confidence in the institutions of the profession of medicine, the profession of, of nursing, the profession of teaching, the profession of journalism, all of those uh, elements of public confidence seem to be, if not in an all-time low, it's certainly, um, it, it's not in the green, it's in the yellow or the red. People seem to be shaken in their confidence, even with each other. Sometimes we seem that, uh, you know, people are concerned about what others will think if they let their views be known, and sometimes people seem at loggerheads, and 
it seems like, especially in social media contexts, that there's so much controversy and so much um, vitriol that's poured out that our country and our society and our culture seems to be shaken. And the best that I can tell from my friends around the world and also paying attention to the news, it's not unique to North America. It's not unique to Arlington or Cordova or Rosemark. It's, it's around the world that people feel this shaking. You know, financial leadership, confidence has been shaken in them as well. In every arena where we look, there's been a shaking of confidence. There's a saying that um, it'll all shake out in the end. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but what that saying uh, purports to, to convey is that if things are difficult, and you can kind of see when the dust settles, it's another proverb, that what remains is what really counts. I want to encourage you today that our text from Hebrews has something to say about uncertain times. Our text from Hebrews has something to say about what happens when um, our lives have been shaken by certain things that are, that are happening. The Bible's not some dusty document that's consigned to the past. It's, it's not a devotional book to be studied by university scholars or, or embraced by religious fanatics. The, the Bible is a living word. It's a breath from heaven, and it inspires with the wisdom, the sovereignty, and the creative power of God. Into every circumstance, it breathes his power into every circumstance that we face. And what's interesting to me is actually where the author of Hebrews places this warning about shaking. Anybody notice that certain things have been shaken in your life? Has anybody's confidence been shaken? Has anybody's finances faced challenges? Has anybody's, um, anybody's health faced challenges? Anybody's family faced challenges this last couple of years? I think it's unanimous. I think we can all vote yes that we've been shaken. Well, take a look at where the author of Hebrews places this warning about shaking. It's right after Hebrews 11, and this is what some people have called the faith chapter or God's hall of faith. Instead of a hall of fame, it's, it's a hall of faith where Abraham and, and uh, uh, Isaac and Samuel, so some of these heroes of faith are mentioned in Hebrews 11. And they're people that did great exploits for God. And there are people, Moses, who, who led people. He led like four or five million people out of slavery into freedom. And, and we see this, this, this hall of faith of these heroic figures who overcame all these challenges. Well, there's that word about challenges. It might just be as well described as the trial chapter or God's laboratory of tests instead of God's hall of faith. Can I make a confession today? <laughs> I would love to be one of God's heroes, but I don't want to go through some of the things that those guys did in Hebrews 11. You read the end of that chapter, and it's pretty dramatic, some of the challenges that they faced, even persecution in their lives. And sometimes we want to be a hero without having to face the circumstances that make heroes because we want to have the, the reward, but we don't, at least I sometimes don't want to go through the shaking. What does Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12 teach us today? Number one, it teaches us that being in covenant with Christ does not guarantee smooth sailing. It rains on the just and the unjust. And I, I don't care how many bumper stickers you have that say kingdom wealth and kingdom health. I don't care how many pep talks you listen to that say you're the head, not the tail, or the memes that you read. 
the truth is, if you read the whole Bible and if you, you approach it with the, the earnestness of the Holy Spirit, you're going to find that we don't always wind up on top on every day. We don't, we don't always get up in the morning and, and, and we feel the energy and, and passion and, and, and we're, everything is going great and all of our bills are paid. We, we don't have any fatigue or tiredness. There's nothing that's worrying us. We never have any anxieties. We never have any flat tires. We never have any appliances that break down. The truth is there are challenges for all of us. And it can be more serious than some of those things like flat tires and appliances. It can apply in circumstances with our families, circumstances with our mental health, circumstances with our physical health that challenge us. Sometimes things just get shaken up. When there's an earthquake, everybody feels it. Whether you're righteous or unrighteous, you feel what's going on. But just because you're going through it doesn't mean that it's going to destroy you. Korah and his followers, the Bible describes a time uh, when the earth opened up and, and it just swallowed them up. Everybody felt the earthquake, but only the rebellious, those who had shaken their fist against God and his representatives, those were the ones that were destroyed. I want to encourage you today that even if the entire world is shaking, even if our society and our culture are unstable, if you are in Christ, you don't have to fear today because in him there is our stability. In him is our hope and in him is our security. Being on God's side doesn't guarantee that you won't feel the shaking. What it does guarantee is in the end you're going to come out victorious. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. In the transition from the chapter of heroes to the chapter of the rest of us, Hebrews 11 to Hebrews 12, if you look at that in your Bible, he says, see him we're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. These people that have been perfected in their faith, seeing as they are watching what we're doing on earth, he says, let's Run with patience the race that is set before us. Do you know one of the secret weapons of the Christian is patience? No matter what you're facing, if you're patient in Christ, you are far more likely to be victorious. Satan's strategy against the Christian is to cause you to become impatient, to cause you to become uh, discouraged. But if you can remain patient in Christ, time is on the side of the Christian. And eternity will show the value of the Christian life. If you will stay in the race, Jesus said, he that endures to the end, the same will be saved. The writer of Hebrews says, run with patience the race is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, it's very important when circumstances are shaking around us to put our eyes on our North Star, if it were, our, our, our constant lodestone of truth, and that is Christ. Keep looking at Him and not the circumstance around you, and it becomes easier to orient in your world. Verses 5 through 11, the author says, not only looking to Jesus, but principle number two is, let's make sure that if we're being chastened from the Lord, that we accept it with patience and we accept it with hope. You know, sometimes the shaking in our lives is just a general shaking that happens to everyone because, you know, the economy affects everyone. The, the pandemic has affected everyone. There are times, however, when things are shaken in our lives and it's because God has come to chastise us. We may be a proud person and God is using circumstances to cause us to be more humble. We may be a person who's uh, shy and retiring and God may put us in a circumstance that 
that forces us out of our shell a little bit. We may be a person who lacks uh, faith for the miraculous, and God may put us in a circumstance where our faith has to grow to face the challenge. That type of shaking, that type of chastisement is personal, but the writer of Hebrews encourages us, and he said, if that happens, don't be, don't be thinking that God is angry at you because he loves you. You know, uh, this morning I, I had to chastise my, my son Jude because he did something he wasn't supposed to do, and he did it about three times, and, and I gave him a warning and a final warning, but then I had, to, I had to chastise him, not because I was mad at him, not because I hate him. I, I chastise him because I loved him and I care for his character. That's the only reason that God affects us negatively in our lives with circumstances because he loves us and he wants to bring us to fuller sonship and fuller daughtership, if you will, in him. Number one, let's look to Jesus. Number two, uh, let's, let's understand that chastening when it comes from the Lord is, is for our good. In verse 15, he says, don't become bitter like Esau did. If I could, if I could uh, put you off of one thing today, if I, could, if I had some, some spiritual, uh, 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 I don't know, some spiritual anti-disinfectant uh, or something, if I could just get bitterness to keep from taking a root in anyone's life, we would be so much better off. Bitterness, you know, they say is the poison that you drink while you wait for somebody else to die. Sometimes negative circumstances cause us to become bitter. Let's remember not to be bitter people. Let's look to Jesus with patience. Let's realize that if he chastens us, it's because he loves us. Let's don't be bitter. And finally, in verse 12, he says, be encouraged. Lift up the hands that drag down and the feeble knees. Keep worshiping God. I, I think there's a metaphorical aspect of lifting up the hands that drag down, but I think there's also a very literal fact that if you lift your hands in praise to God, if you pray, even if your knees are feeble, Get your knees bent before God. Keep praying, keep praising, because God has a purpose in your negative circumstance. Let's look to Jesus with patience. Let's remember that if he chastens us, it's because he loves us. Let's don't become bitter, and let's remain praising and praying people. Why would we praise? Why would we pray in difficult circumstances? Why not just give up like everybody else? Why not just get on Facebook and have our rant about the Republicans or about the Democrats or about the independents or about the economy or about circumstance or the ones who are wearing masks or the ones who are not wearing masks, the ones who are vaccinated and boosted and the ones who are fearful of that or cautious about that or whatever. You know, why not just be like everybody else? Here's why. Here's why. The author of Hebrews says in verse 23, let's remember that we are part of the church of the firstborn. Colossians 1 and 18, Paul said that Christ is the firstborn from the dead, and therefore he has preeminence. Let's remember that this faith that we have is founded on a resurrected Jesus. The whole gospel that we believe today is predicated upon this bedrock fact that when the night is the darkest and when things look the bleakest, God works in resurrection power to bring about the miraculous. Just when the powers of darkness had accomplished what they thought was the greatest act of treachery against the rule of God in the history of the universe. Just when they thought that God had made a horrible mistake by taking on flesh and they had trapped him with the sting of death in Christ. Jesus rose in power. He crushed the kingdom of darkness. He liberated us from its power and he has now not only, God has not only raised up that body of Jesus from the tomb, but he's miraculously placed you and me into that expanded body of Christ by translating us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his own dear son. That's what Paul told us in Colossians 1 
and 13. So Christian, as I close today, you may think that everything is shaking around you because evil powers are in control in this earth, but it's not true. The real truth today is that God's sovereignty is not diminished one iota by any of your circumstance. His control is not truncated and his peace still passes understanding. Philippians 4 and 7 gives us that strong confidence today that the peace of God doesn't depend on what we know. It doesn't depend on what we feel. It depends on the prince of peace himself, Christ. Now, while the rest of the world is quaking because of the shaking, our faith is going to stand firm. Believe that with me today. Your faith is going to stand firm. Arlington United, remember and seal it to your heart today. No matter what happens, your faith is going to stand firm. I, I, I wish right now that some of you would make a commitment in your mind and your heart. No matter what happens, I'm going to stand firm in my faith because Christ is going to stand firm with me, in me, and for me. My confidence is secure because I know the one who speaks and he makes heaven and earth shake. And if he speaks and makes it shake... He can speak and make it still. We serve the God who stepped on a bow of the ship and spoke to the wind and the waves, and he said, Peace, be still. And when he said that, the water became smooth like glass. What we know, but the world doesn't, is that storms are not sovereign, but our God is. What we know, and the world doesn't, is that while everything is shaking, we know the one who speaks peace. What we know, and the world doesn't, is that shaking is temporary, but we have a foundation that stands sure in troubled times. The author of Hebrews in chapter 12, verses 27 and 28 from our text today said, what can be shaken will fade away, and what we're left with is an immovable kingdom. Your health can be shaken. Your finances can be shaken. Your professional achievements or your affirmation by others, your social standing, your, your material possessions, what you can touch and taste and feel, all those things can be shaken. But let me tell you what cannot be shaken today. Christ in you is the hope of glory, and that hope does not make us shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing can shake that. Nothing can take it away from you. You guys know that one of my closest friends in the world is Brother Tom Trimble from St. Louis, and what a storm he and Debbie have been through the last year and the losing of their son, Anthony. Before that storm came, here's what Tom wrote in the song. Storms wash away all pretense. No more make-believe. All I have now is all I had anyhow. Lord, you're all I need. Let me tell you. What's left after the shaking is all that you need, and that's Christ. What's left after the circumstance is his sovereignty, and you can depend on that. What's left after you've been through your trial is that you're going to be tried and found like pure gold because Christ is in you, and that hope of glory remains. That hope of the love of God remains in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Psalms that when, or excuse me, and Psalms, when the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. This storm's not going to last. The shaking's not going to last. But you're going to last in Christ because you've been given an immovable kingdom. You've been placed within it, and the kingdom of God, righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit is moving inside 
of you. He's going to make sure that you're among the righteous, and he's going to make sure that you're among the victors. I'm so thankful for a faith that is strong, but I'm more thankful for a God that is stronger than my faith. I'm thankful for a God who is a rock that is higher than I. I'm thankful that as the hymn of Edward Moat from 1834 says, Christ is a solid rock on which I can stand. What about you? What is your hope built on today? Where do you turn to when everything that can be shaken is shaken? Where do you turn to when you've nowhere else to turn? My prayer today, friend, is that you turn to Christ and in Him you will find the bedrock of stability that can lead you through any storm and any situation. He is our strong help in time of trouble. He'll keep us through any time of difficulty and He will indeed grant us victory that is sure, complete, and final. God bless you today. Thank you for joining us at Arlington United.